sometimes hard to tell if it's my voice or if it's coming through the speaker, so it depends how it goes. We can open our Bibles to Genesis chapter 37. I'm going to look at two texts and a few others, and I really do want to help you to... I, I, I love creativity, art, visual. It's one of those things that I... I one of my gifts as well. And... Um, I want you to kind of also be able to come into this story with me. And maybe some of you who've grown up in church, you've heard this story. But I, I like to go back to it every so often as well because it's so important as, as a believer to have dreams. It's so important for us as we walk with the Lord Jesus that we also remember the dream he put in our hearts. The dream maybe for ministry, maybe a dream for family, maybe a dream uh, uh, as a marriage or as, as a home. But it's so important for us to catch this. And, and there's some, just some things here I, I want to share again, just to reignite that a little bit in our hearts uh, this morning. So in uh, Genesis chapter 37, verses 3 and 8, we're going to read, and it says, Now Israel loved Joseph more than any other of his sons, because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a robe of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peacefully to him. Now Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, hear this dream that I have dreamed. Behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and behold, my sheaf arose and stood upright. And behold, your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my, my sheaf. His brothers said to him, are you indeed to reign over us? Are you indeed to rule over us? So they hated him even more for the, his dreams and for his words. Also come with me to uh, the last text I wanted to, well, we're going to look, it's uh, Genesis chapter 50. And looking at verse 18 onwards. Genesis 50, 18 onwards. Actually, let's, so I know it's on the notes differently, but can we read it from, from verse 15 onwards? It just helps us to get the picture. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, it may be that Joseph will hate us and pay us back for all the evil that we did to him. So they sent a message to Joseph saying, your father gave this command before he died. Say to Joseph, please forgive the transgressions of your brothers and their sin because they did evil to you. And now, please forgive the transgressions of your servants, of, of the God of your father. Joseph wept when they spoke to him. His brothers also came and fell down before him and said, Behold, we are your servants. But Joseph said to him, Do not fear, for I am in the place, for, do not fear, for am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So do not fear. I will provide for you and your little ones. Thus he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. Um, let's uh, pray as we ask the Lord to speak into our lives. Father, we give you glory and honor. We're just so grateful today to be here to hear the word and to uh, allow your Holy Spirit to do something new in our hearts. Lord, I'm just grateful for the, the life of our pastors as well, Pastor Rod and Karen. We pray for them as they're ministering right now. And we pray that you bring them back with blessing. Lord, also that you continue to build us up as a church, that we continue to see your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. 
um, I've got some good news. I, I, a couple of years back, I think my wife and I were in, uh, doing some missions in, in Colombia, and we, we just helped, felt the Lord speak to us and say to us, um, you're going to have five kids. And we, we, we felt that same kind of impression in our hearts, and we thought, five kids? Gosh, we, we, I think on that time we were just on three. And we thought, five, Lord, you know, that's quite a lot. <laughs> um, but we, we always loved hearing from our, our friends in the mission work and the pastors and leaders. They would always say, oh, you, you guys are so young and so full of uh, passion. You know, if I was your age, I would have more kids. And they would continuously say this to us. If I was you, you know, we'd have more kids because it's so wonderful. You know, now we're in our much older age and it's, you know, we, we regret only of having one or two. You know, we just thought we couldn't financially or we, we, it was going to be difficult on ministry or on the mission work. But now we realize, you know, God is a provider. You know, if you have a dream or if God's with you, he'll provide for you. And so my wife and I remember being there and just the Lord saying, I'm going to bless you with five children. And um, I was, ex- I, I guess we were excited in one part because we, 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 we don't come from a big family. We come from a small family each. And so we said, yeah, five kids and that, that's going to be, you know, the fivefold ministry. You'll have the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor and teacher. We'll have them all, <laughs> you know, yes, Lord. <laughs> And, and I think, you know, you don't realize what that means. When, when the third one and the fourth one came, it was like, oh, gosh, this is really hard. <laughs> you know, this is, this, you know, looking after each child is such a blessing, and it's great, but it's also cha- it brings its own challenges. And we were, st- we were st- we've we recently been studying two years, and we thought, I think, I think maybe we didn't hear God right. Maybe the fifth one wasn't, wasn't going to be it. Maybe it was just meant to be up to four. Or maybe, you know, we were, just the Lord was going to bless us with a big family. Anyway, we're studying, and... Well, to the glory of God, my wife right now is 16 weeks pregnant, and our fifth child. <laughs> so, amen. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so it's like, Lord, okay. <laughs> so my wife says, this is where it's got to end. You know, we heard God right. <laughs> so we, we're believing for that. But it was a dream, and I remember we would say, we would speak it. We're going to have five kids. We're going to have a big family. Like, God's going to bless us. We, they're gonna, you know, we want to serve the Lord together as a family. And, and that's been kind of the, the dream and, and the, in our heart burning. So we're really great, you know, we really want to share it with our family out here in the church. And so I just remember that sometimes God has this way of putting a dream in your heart. And I want to share with you a little bit of the story of, of Joseph, but I want to show you it also in a visual. This is the, the promise, the process, and the palace. And in each of these places are like different seasons in our lives. The, the place of the promise, the place of the dream, the place where you, God kind of speaks to you and kind of just fills your heart, especially when you're um, just becoming a Christian, or maybe you're just kind of waking up to your, your calling. I remember when, when I, I remember my calling being quite young, and God saying that I want you to minister the word or preach the word and take it to other places, and I remember being very young, and it's that dream and that passion. You don't see the obstacles. You don't see the difficulties, you don't see the challenges, you just have hope, you just have faith, you have your Bible in your hand and you're ready to do, to conquer the world, you know, everything is so black and white, everything is very clear, you're just going to do things for the Lord, but you don't realize that this is just the place of the promise. And when we were just reading the story of Joseph, he, he gets this dream from God, he gets this, this we could even say like the prophetic word. And the, and the dream isn't absolutely clear. It doesn't say everything that was going to come ahead. Those of you who already know the story know what's going to happen. 
But when Joseph gets that dream, he doesn't understand all the difficulties and challenges and the problems that are going to come because of his dream. And he begins to speak out his dream. And he says to his brothers, look, you know, you, your, your sheaves, you know, the, this wheat, the barley around you is going to bow down. You guys are going to serve me, he's saying to them. And, in, and even the, at one point of the dream, he says, even mom and dad are going to serve me. Now, I think he didn't really interpret it very well. He didn't have the grace or the wisdom. And he was young, maybe a bit arrogant. And he's saying his dream, but his passion, he's full of maybe himself at this very beginning. And sometimes that's like that. We, we get this passion and this dream, but we don't realize there's other stages that God wants to work through us to really see that dream become a reality. Joseph begins to say these things, and he doesn't realize that this is causing anger in his brothers. There are the haters, those who just think, no, I'm, you know, you, you're, you're full of yourself, mate. You're not, you're not, you're not speaking right, or you're so young. You, who, who are you to be over us or to teach us or to preach or to lead us? And yet Joseph has this dream, and it's God putting inside of him something that is going to release him to his destiny. And he doesn't understand yet the trials and the, and the difficulties that are going to come, and obviously comes the moment of betrayal. You know, here it's a happy place. Here is a comfortable place. Seriously, sometimes I want to be here all the time. In the place. I'm, I'm a big dreamer. My wife has to kind of put my feet on the ground. Because you've got lots of dreams, but you've got to work out. There's lots of planning and process, and you've got to see all the other stuff. So I, for me, it's very easy to be sitting here. Now, actually, you know, when you see Joseph, he, he has this, and his brothers get angry with him, and, well, it becomes the betrayal. It becomes this moment that they seek to kill him. And then, you know, he gets uh, completely, you know, taken apart from his family, his security, place where he knew everything was well for him, the place where maybe, you know, he, it felt comfortable, you know, and, and remember, he had this, this clothing, he was kind of marked and, and, and given, a, given a special favor, if you kind of hear the story, he had this long robe of many colors, and his brother, came, his father gave him this kind of favor that was more than, than the others, and that was kind of a, a clothing to say, you know, you're, you're special, you don't have to work like everyone else. I think the dad kind of also made, it, made kind of a bullseye on Joseph there, really. The brothers having to work, having to look after the cattle, having to go out, having to come back in. And he was, you know, kind of uh, conceited and maybe self-centered. And this wasn't a good setting for him. But yet, God still had a dream and a purpose and a plan in Joseph. And the brothers couldn't see that. The brothers couldn't interpret what the dream inside of him was. And even Joseph really didn't understand it. But yet God was going to do something great. So even, you know, we can see he was chosen, but also rejected. We can see he was loved, but also hated. We can see that he had favor, but also got abuse. We can see that he was betrayed, but yet God had a rescue for him. We can see that there's, you know, they slandered and, 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 and destroyed him further on. But then further on in the story, we're going to see that he's going to be praised. He's going to be lifted up. But one thing you see in Joseph, he never took his eyes off the Lord. We never hear him complaining about the Lord. And at that point, he didn't, you know, he, he, adversity didn't make him hard or bitter, as we can see. Prosperity didn't ruin him. The, the temptations that we're going to hear didn't destroy him. And the imprisonment didn't make him bitter. The promotion, and that's the interesting part. Remember, promise, process, the palace, the, the promotion didn't ruin him, didn't mess him up, didn't, he actually is a different guy. And he was, we could say, truly one of the great men of God in the Bible. But the betrayal triggers the, the change in the season. We see 
this whole move from his life from one place to the next. And it becomes the place of the process. Now this is the place that's hard. We, we, we love being in the place of the dream, but the place of the process is, oh, this one's the one where it's painful. This is the one where Pastor Rod's training you up and saying, tough times, you know, <laughs> you've got to learn from them. <laughs> this is the place where, you know, you know dignify the trial. It's going to get harder. And I think that's, this is the hardest part to be when you have a dream from God and you, you sit here. He's in Egypt. And yeah, there's favor on him. You can see that people want to, you know, they see the prosperity or the blessing, whatever you want to call it, God's hand upon him. But yet this is no more family. God's taken so many things away. I knew people. I had security. I had this people surrounding me. But now, now I'm, I'm in, a, in a different place. And it's the place of processes. It's, it's challenging. And I, you know, it can almost be discouraging. I remember being sitting on this chair and seeing a guy on this chair. And I was in a meeting. And we were talking, I remember it was early on us in our ministry, and we were learning about serving God and, you know, building churches and planting things and doing new, new, new frontiers and breaking ground. And I was here with dreams. I'm like, yeah, we're going to do great things for God. And there was a guy here. I remember him so discouraged and so, like, broken. And I was sitting here and not being respectful to what God was doing here. I'm like, get out, man. Get, you know, get some faith. Be encouraged, you know. Whatever, you know, this is not that bad. You know, God's got great plans. We're going we're to see London for Christ. We're going to see nations for Christ. We're going to plant churches. But I didn't realize God was working deep in this man's heart. God was doing something so wonderful. Today, he's ministering a, a multicultural church in North London. He's been in, in America training as well, doing, planting churches. But the season that I saw him was a difficult one. And I couldn't see that God was working inside of him and doing this, preparing him for the weight of the ministry that he was going to enter in in the future. So it's very easy when you're, when you're in the place of dreams to kind of forget the person's going through a process. And Joseph, now in this place of process, Joseph goes from being, you know, a, a, the favored one to now a slave. But yet, there's this favor upon him. He's able to, to kind of administer and be, you can see the, 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 the success over him. You can see that things are, are working out. But God still had to break something deeper inside of him. God still had to kind of shake some things. And we sometimes, you know, we see, Lord, but why are these trials and these difficulties? Why more? And, in, and, and even though people could see the hand of God on him, God was still working deeper inside of him. You know, he had to, you know, learn to trust God, learn to be diligent, even when others weren't looking at him or, or he when he wasn't in the place of authority. And, we, and I think about us sometimes being faithful when no one's looking at us, when, our, when we work, when we study, when we prepare ourselves, when, we, when we, we're, we're getting ready the ground and learning to be faithful. And maybe sometimes there's two steps forward, one step back, and you're, you know, you're struggling here. You're still like, Lord, I remember this dream, but it's really hard here. And on top of that, I mean, in his life, he goes into prison. And that's a difficult situation. And it reminds me of a verse in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. It says, this brings you great joy, although you may have to suffer for a short time in various trials. Such trials show the proven character of your faith, which is much more valuable than gold. Gold that is tested by fire, even though it is passing away and will bring praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. God loves broken people. 
Because broken people is all that God has really when you think about it. And in this place, he has, he has that. Joseph is, is, is a man probably, and I, I, I just tried to kind of get in the picture. You know, I, I had the dream, God, and now I'm in, I'm in a prison here. I'm, in, you know, I'm far from family. I'm far from everyone. What are you doing, Lord? Why? Why, why is this place? Why? Why? why what is it? <laughs> you know? And Joseph probably there, but you don't see him complaining about God. You know, and we, we, maybe there's a good lesson for us to learn from that. We will go through tough times. We will go through trials. We will go through difficulties. And with, with all the turmoil that we're seeing in our government and, and the nation, but yet God is good. God is faithful. And he has the last word in every situation. And I know that all things work together for good for those who love God. How many say amen? Amen. We have to have that in our heart. So we see that moment that he's going through there and the test and the trials, the tribulation. But there, as a church, when those difficulties come, and they, and they will come against, it's remembering what God has said about us, our identity in him, our calling, our, 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 our purpose, and, our, and the plan that he has with us, that he, he, knows, he knows the whole thing. I mean, again, Joseph's only got halfway through this, yet God is still working through it. The, the trials reveal character. This shows what you're made of, what's inside of you how deep your values and your principles are. And I, it's a good place to test it here. Lord, what's inside? What, what needs to still be worked in? What things are happening in, in my in family? Uh, when you, when we, we were seeing with my wife, one of the biggest things, I, I guess I can be open and real with you guys here. One of the biggest complaints I used to get a lot was, you have so much energy for church and ministry, but not for your kids and your family. And gosh, that was, you know, that kind of hit me hard, but I needed to hear that because it's true. I, it was easy for me to do, you know, all the programs, evangelism, get things done, you know, equip people, go out on the streets and do other things and, you know, the training and stuff. And I had so much energy and I'd get home and the, the thing I'd be is like, I said, I just want to sleep. I don't have time for the kids. Put them some TV on, just or whatever, give them an iPad. And I wasn't really connecting and, and really building what I need to build in their lives. Now, I really understood that in that time, in the time of process where God had taken us, was again to, to strip away. Because you can get so busy doing things for God. You can get so busy serving God that you actually forget, you know, what God has placed in your life, your family, your children, your, your, your spouse, or, or even the calling, you know, you're really understanding it. I completely, in this place, I forgot about rest, I forgot all this stuff, and I had to be stripped away and say, Lord, thank you. The most important people in my life are, 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 the, are the, the family you've given me as well. The trials reveal the faith. It reveals if you're standing on the rock, if you're standing on Christ. And the test will, will show what's inside. The trials completed bring glory to God. And that, that's the wonderful thing. One of, one of those things is when you're, when you're going through anything, you're thinking, Lord, is this bringing glory to you? Does this honor you? Does this dignify you? Does this bring, you know, praise to your name? And, and I think, if anything you see in Joseph's life, he continuously did. Even when he was betrayed, even in his betrayal in, in Egypt, even when Potiphar's wife falsely accuses him of things, you know, you see him still honoring God, living for him in the, in the temptation and the, and, the, and the trial. And sometimes, for me, it was one of those things that, I love to preach faith, hope, and love. I love to preach, you know, we're going to triumph, we're going to conquer. 
But I forgot also that God is a God who lets us go through trials and tribulations. And I forgot that God also allows affliction, that God also allows us to go through a place of brokenness, to work in us. And I, I, I really love that because um, when I arrived here at City Temple, uh, Elsie and Olashina gave us a word. And he says, you guys have been in the fire and God has now placed you in here to put you in the water. And I got half of the image and it did feel like that. I could, I could literally see myself coming into City Temple and just feeling a refreshing, a, a, a relief, <laughs> a joy, finding spiritual parents in Rod and Karen that love us, even knowing our, all our ins and outs, and understanding wait, the weight of, of, of so much stuff that we were doing coming off. And then I just understood, and I, I didn't tell this to Elsie and Olashina, but when we went to, when we went to HarvestNet in, in the States with Pastor Rod, we were sharing our testimony. They asked us to share uh, out there, and we was, um, the couple came up to us, and they said, strong metal is formed under the anvil when it comes out of the water. And I thought, oh gosh, <laughs> the prophetic word keeps on developing here. But there's still more hammering. <laughs> there's still more, still more to come. And I was thinking, Lord. And I don't think that's just for us. I think that's for us as, as the body of Christ. God tends to put us in the fire, brings us out, and then keep on molding us. I've got to see the character of Christ in you. I've got to still stretch you. I've still got to pull you out. You haven't seen anything yet. I've still got to do work in your life and in your, in your family. So that, that, that the time of trial and testing is to work on those things deep inside of us. See, the Word of God does not change, but the, the Word of God changes us inside. And, you know, he, he, he remains faithful and true, but we've always been asking the Lord, renew us and change. And the last thing that we see is the palace. And you see a different man here in Joseph. You see a completely... And you even hear in his words, and he's saying, it's not I who, who interprets the dreams. It's not I who have the visions and the knowledge. It's God. And this humility before, before Joseph. Can you imagine the soldiers and everyone looking at Joseph thinking, you know, who's this prisoner? Who's this nobody? Who's this guy who's coming in here? What they could not see, there was a dream. What they could not see, there was favor. What they could not see, the, the hand of God was upon him. That God had marked him. Yet he comes in here, he stands before a man of authority, and with humility begins to explain the vision and the dream. For those of you who don't know the story, Pharaoh has these dreams that begins to see the future, that a great famine was going to come upon the earth, and, and that they were going to go through a really difficult time over the nation, and not just Egypt, but the whole of the known world. And he didn't understand the dreams. He was really lost. He's like, what are these dreams? And none of the wise men that, jo that Pharaoh had could interpret. But Joseph had interpreted for another man, a cupbearer, and comes into to the palace and interprets the dream. He begins to explain to him and gives glory to God, dig, you know, praises God for it. And Pharaoh then lifts him up and says, I don't just want you to interpret, and I want you to lead this. I want you to be in charge. I want you to, to oversee what I'm going to do with you. Joseph didn't see at the beginning of the promise everything that was good. He didn't understand that that dream that he had with his brothers was going to mean salvation, not just for his brothers, but for nations. He did not understand that the betrayal, even the betrayal in Egypt, the betrayal of his brothers, all of that was to prepare him for the place that God was going to use him. He could not see all of that. He was yet too not ready. And even though his brothers thought they buried him and destroyed him, they did not understand 
What they had only done is put a seed in the ground that God was going to release for his glory. And sometimes it might be in our lives that we feel, gosh, everything has been buried. It all seems like, where is it? What's going to happen? Yet we feel like maybe my dream or my vision or the the purpose or the the calling, what happened to that? Where is it? And yet God has kept it there in the ground that it's going to burst fruit and it's going to give fruit. Be faithful. Remain strong. Remain in the word. Keep on praising him through it. Keep on asking him to, 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 to feed your heart with his truth. And you will see at the time that God will bless and prosper and he will do something great. And I see that in the life of Joseph. He comes to this place. And the last thing, I'm one, of the, one of the last things that happens here is that the forgiveness, the total forgiveness. You see Joseph here. And that's, I guess that's one of the key things to, to keep on growing and to keep on learning, but also to keep on forgiving. He could have been bitter. I mean, he could have had the authority. I, 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 my imagination, again, you know, imagine Joseph with all the armies. He probably had, you know, military horses and chariots. He, he could have said, you know, go and find my brothers and let's get rid of them. <laughs> you know, they, they really hurt me. You don't see that in him. He could have, you know, he could have said, yeah, I want to get my parents here. No. The wisdom, again, just to wait where the Lord is, is doing something. And there is that moment that the brothers come back and there's a, a, a restoration, there's a forgiveness and there's tears and there's all these strange things about cups being sent back and forth through bags. But yet at the end you see Joseph, you know, the father dies and the brothers panic. Oh, he's going to kill us now. You know, the reason Joseph did not kill us is because dad was with, in the situation. Dad's gone. He's going he's gonna to execute us now. And so out of fear they begin to lie and, and you know, create a a false story. Now tell, tell Joseph that, you know, dad promised, uh, you know, him to not hurt us and that, you know, to forgive us and this the other. Yet Joseph gives these wonderful words. The bad that you intended for me, God turned it for good. And not just to save you, not just to save me, but to save many people. This was all a blessing. And, and he takes care of them. He shepherds them and watches over them. Not just a blessing for himself. And sometimes we think that the dream of God is just for us or just for maybe a certain, uh, you know, circle of influence. You really, when, you, when we catch the dream of God, what did he say to Abraham? I want you to look at the stars. I want you to look at the multitudes. I don't just want to give you one son. If you could see what I see, I see a place full. I see, I see multitudes over, over nations. <laughs> sometimes in the dreams, but I just want the one. I just want one child. If you just give me one, I would be so happy. Yet the Lord's saying, if, I could, if you could only open your, your eyes and to see what I'm going to do. And even Abraham, if you look at Abraham's life, he has this promise, he has this process, and then he has this fulfillment. And you see that in David's life. You see that in, in Moses. You see them all, that God has this purpose and a plan, and the enemy tries to cut, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I came to give you life and to give you it abundantly. When we understand that, when we understand what God has placed in our hearts, And we keep on asking, Lord, you know, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to continue. You've got something. God allowed it all for good. God allowed it all for a purpose and for his glory. So from a human perspective, Joseph had all the right, the ability for retribution. But he he understood the grace of God. He understood mercy. And Joseph may have not had Romans 8.28. You know, you and I have that verse that all things work together for good for those who love God. But Joseph had that truth in his heart. And he was able to look back and say, look, it all worked out. Didn't make sense here. Didn't even, it really didn't make sense here. But now, I can see back and look back. God was working everything. 
putting all of the things together. I, I give thanks to God because of where he's placed us here. So being in City Temple, being part of the church, being part of the body of Christ, getting to see what God really wants to do with us as, as, as a church family. And I'm talking to all of you here. God wants us here in, this, in the city. And we're like a light in this place. When I see the prayer in Kohop, when I see the prayers before the service, when, we, when we're upstairs in foc- in, on our Sunday focus, and just saying, Lord, I know you've promised that you had, you'd given a dream that you would do something new within this building, that things will work out. And I know we're going through a tough season, but Lord, even though many may think, okay, these guys are buried, I know that you're working inside and something wonderful is going to burst out and bear fruit and be a blessing. And it, it, like it says in Psalms, you know, it would be like a tree planted by the riverbanks that will give its fruit in all seasons and all that it does will prosper. And I really believe that there's a, a wonderful spiritual DNA within City Temple. This place used to be filled for the, for, for the glory of God. People would come to be trained to be missionaries and trained to be church planters. And people came here to have an encounter with the living God, to be renewed and refreshed. People came here to, to find family. And I really believe that still runs deep inside of here. And we must connect and ask, Lord, once again, do it through us. Let us stand as we pray and give glory to God. Amen. There where you are, I want you to close your eyes. I want you to remember the dreams that God has given you. And it could be any dream. It could be a dream for, for family. It could be a dream for seeing your children, going to education, to study, maybe family restoration back in your country, in South America, or in Africa, or in Asia. Maybe the dream that you've been seeing that, that the Lord will bring salvation to, to the household. You've been praying for it, or a dream of ministry. Maybe you've been praying, Lord, I have a, a desire to serve you, to be a, a, in ministry, to serve out there for you. So there where we are, just as we lift up our, our prayers before him, Father, we come before you. Lord, we want to learn. You have a promise for us. You've put a dream in our hearts, Lord, to serve you, to glorify you, to, to bring honor to your name, Lord. Lord, we want to see, Lord, what you not only did in the past, but also an outpouring of something new upon this land, Lord. Father, that there is so much rich Christian heritage and history in this, in this city of London, Lord. From men like Charles Spurgeon, John Wesley, Lord. Men, men of God, women of God who preached the gospel in the streets, Lord, who raised up homes, orphanages, mission centers, Lord. Father, there is such a great spiritual DNA within the United Kingdom, Lord. And Lord, you've brought all the nations from different parts of the earth, Lord. Europe, Asia, Africa, Latin America, North America, Central America. You've brought them, Lord Father, from all ends of the earth here, Lord. And we pray, Lord, that you pour out your spirit again upon us, Lord. That you fill our hearts with your dream. That you desire to see all men saved. That you desire that, you, that we go out and make disciples. That your, your kingdom be preached, Lord Father. That people will be baptized, that the sick will be healed, Lord. That the dead will be raised, that the, those that are oppressed by demons will be set free, Lord. Father, that the blind eyes will see, Lord. That the gospel will be preached, Lord. That people will come and, and in repentance, in brokenness, come and seek you and, and repent and, and I know you once again, Lord. Father, we pray that it begins from that leadership over this nation, from the, from the leaders in churches and denominations, Lord, that across, Lord, this land, Lord, we begin to see something transform again, Lord. 
Give us your dream, Lord, for this nation. Give us your dream for the city of London. Give us your dream for our neighborhood. Even give us your dream for our universities, our colleges, our workplace, Lord. Because you already are doing something in those places, Lord. And you want us to connect to what you're doing. Lord, use our hands. Use our feet. Use our mouths, Lord Father. Lord, use our strength, Father. Use our families to glorify and honor you, Lord. Father, we pray that once again, Lord, we will see something mighty move across this land, Lord. That you will pour out your spirit. That you will bring an, an awakening upon this nation, Lord. And that we will see something new, Lord, that will glorify you. Father, we give you honor. We give you praise. We thank you, Father. Just there with your own words, begin to prophesy, begin to declare, begin to bless your neighborhood, begin to bless the area where you live, begin to bless the workplace, begin to bless even your children, and just begin to release God's word upon them as we declare, Lord, let your kingdom come, let your will be done in our families, in our workplaces, for your glory and for your honor, Lord. You've placed us here for such a time as this, and Lord, we believe that we will see greater works, Lord as we hear our Father, as we obey the Son in the power of the Holy Spirit, we will walk in that true faith, Lord, and do mighty works to glorify your name, Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord. We give you glory. We give you honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen and amen. Let's give Jesus a